Hi, this is Day for Night with Caridad Svich, a series that looks at the intersection between theater and poetry and the edgelands in the wilderness. I'm going to continue with the work from the U.S.-Mexico Exchange Program at the Lark Theater in New York City. The Lark is a play development center, so um, and for about 10 years, uh, until basically funding kind of uh, dried up, hopefully it will come back one day, uh, they hosted the U.S.-Mexico Exchange, which is a program where Mexican playwrights come to New York and have their new plays uh, translated by U.S. Latinx playwrights. Uh, uh, the first, first piece that I'll read from today is from a play called The Tip of the Iceberg by Bea Carmina, which I translated. Bea Carmina is a performance artist um, and playwright uh, uh, situated in the avant-garde in Mexico uh, for a long time. Uh, and The Tip of the Iceberg is a, a play about a couple on the skids, a woman having a nervous breakdown, a serial killer on the prowl, and a girl holding on to a cat. It's darkly comic and poetically ferocious. And I worked on this play in uh, 2010. It actually premiered in Chicago as part of a festival with Halcyon Theater in 2012 a festival that had short runs of shows, all of them works in translation by writers from Mexico. Uh, so here is, uh, from very early in the play, the play has a very unique tone. You'll you'll hear it soon enough. Uh, the character of Roberta, who is the woman that's having a nervous breakdown, uh, is basically talking to herself. <laughs> uh, but her, her husband is there, and They've had a tete-a-tete, and then he leaves, uh, chastising her, and she speaks to the audience. Wouldn't it bother you if you suddenly saw hundreds of roots, coarse roots that overnight entwined themselves through your tender, newly planted clusters of orange blossoms, and arose like snakes through the hydrangeas, sweet poppies, and blooming rosebuds of your garden? Can you honestly tell me that it wouldn't infuriate you to the point that you'd want to tear out the roots of your hair, throw yourself against the walls of the house until your head split open and your brains scattered everywhere like gobs of paint? From now on, nothing but nightmarish roots. How is it possible that all of a sudden roots and more roots merge from the ground, crawl over the fence and break through my roof? Would it seem normal to you that a person's nerves would all of a sudden burst through their skin, snake up, and through their body until their face was completely covered and their eyes were blinded? Wouldn't you have a heart attack if you looked in the mirror and saw such a horrific sight? Will the roots grow and grow until they burst through the house? Awa? Awa? We have to go shopping. 
That's from the opening of The Tip of the Iceberg. It's a, I'll read another little section of it. It's such a just marvelous, strange, freewheeling play uh, about depression and abandonment and so many things, but it's doing it through a very unique comic lens. Uh, this is a speech by... Actually, this might be an interesting one to read because it sort of dovetails a little bit from midway through the play. Uh, Roberto, as you might have guessed, is obsessed with uh, shopping. Uh, And uh, so this is just a little section with her. Again, talking to the audience. I won't buy shoes today. No, today I'll buy some boots that come up to my knees. Or ankle boots, uh, handbags, and sandals. And for Awa, all the shoes she desires. I mean, to see her walking around barefoot makes me crazy. Although, with her father gone, maybe she'll decide to wear shoes or espadrilles or at least flip-flops. I'll buy several pairs of flip-flops in every color, girl size, woman size, and even diva style with feathers and glass beads and lots of glitter. Once I admired a pair of bareback sandals that I doubt you've seen. No. They had live fish along the side. Divine. Simply divine. Little fish sandals. And others with bear claws clawing after the fish. Fish diving, dying, moving this way and that. Its tail like the blade of a windmill, decapitating people's heads. Lopez head, rolling around like a ludicrous marble. Such pleasure. Awa! Oh, well, we have to go shopping. And if you want to take the suitcase with you, then put it in the car. Oh, I forgot to tell you. Lope is leaving me. He says he loves another woman. Does he know how to love? <laughs> because I... It doesn't matter now. Or does it? That's another little section from The Tip of the Iceberg by Bea Carmina. Uh, published by No Passport. Uh, I'm going to conclude today's episode a little bit shorter than usual. Excuse me while I sip some coffee. Um, uh, from a play that I just... It's a stunning play. That's all I can say. <laughs> um, but I can say more. Uh, it's a play called A Lover's Dismantling. Fragments of a Scenic Discourse. And if you might not have guessed... Uh, the title of the play is sort of a, an homage to Roland Bard. Uh, the play is by Elena uh, Goichens, a uh, Mexican playwright, and it's translated by Andy Bracken, who is not a Latinx playwright, uh, but is a very, very good translator of not only work from, from Spanish, but also he's translated uh, Japanese work. Uh, I think maybe French, if I'm not mistaken. In any case, he's just a terrific translator. Uh, wonderful playwright in his own right, but um, yeah, a kind of remarkable translator. And I think someone that's underrated in the field. So anything I can do to shout out, give a shout out to Andy Bregan, I will do so. Um, so uh, this play, A Lover's Dismantling, Fragments of a Scenic Discourse, if you might have not have guessed already, um, 
this is a, a play about a breakups, right? It's about people sort of falling out with each other uh, across time and across space. It's a very whimsical play, but it's as it moves forward, it becomes increasingly heartbreaking. And um, it was also produced at the Halcyon Theater Festival in 2012 in Chicago in the same season that did The Tip of the Iceberg. Uh, really, really great play. Um, so let me think here where what where to read from, because it's a tricky one to read from. But maybe the play starts with a divorce, and we have sort of uh, two men kind of there falling out and trying to figure out how they're going to well, they find someone again. It's basically a play about will you will you be able to find someone? Um, and let's see. I'm just kind of scrolling through here for just a second. Well, this one's kind of interesting. Uh, yep, 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 yep. This is a character named Jerry. Uh, most of the play we're following Armando, but we're also following Jerry. So it's the other male. So it's two men. Two women in this play. Uh, and this is Jerry, sort of midway, let's say a little bit more more than midway through the play. Uh, I don't think it needs a setup, so I'll just read in. I am an allergic person. I've been like this for as long as I can remember. It's had its challenges. Allergies multiply me like a plague, and they're constantly mutating. So that what started out as a light nose tickle turns into a water faucet draining all of the liquid from my body. A frog in the throat becomes a bronchial attack, a tiny little bee sting, slobbering convulsions. Despite all that, I consider myself a healthy person, so long as I'm not having an allergy attack. I had to put up with all sorts of mutations and complicated evolutions of one allergy into another. I've never had pets since their hair hurts me. Petting a dog, cat, or a tiny gerbil would initiate an asthmatic death sentence. Dust keeps me from breathing. Pork gives me diarrhea and chocolate a migraine. Strawberries irritate my skin and sunlight gives me precancerous spots. But this is nothing compared to the worst of my tragedies an allergy to saliva not my own of course I- I'm allergic to that of others the contact of human saliva on my delicate skin or with my own saliva saliva, leads to convulsions dizziness acute dermatitis in the armpits cramps, genital swelling temporary memory loss, coughing, fits vomiting, hypertension, sinusitis anxiety attacks and a pressing need to cry. All this, along with being absolutely inconvenient, has snatched from me one of my life's great pleasures. Kisses. I can't let anyone kiss me. My personal relationships, or rather my intimate ones, are limited. And the lack of contact with another mouth, with the saliva of another mouth, more precisely, has eroded my love life, which, since this new allergic mutation is, is practically uh, non-existent. My mouth is dry and my heart is slowly but surely falling to pieces.
And that's from Lovers Dismantling, Fragments of a Scenic Discourse by Elena Goichens, translated by Andy Bracken. And that's today's episode. As always, this is about you and I here in this theater, you there in the dark, and I here wondering who you are. You wish to click on the listener support button on whatever platform you're listening to this on, please go ahead. Uh, anything would be appreciated to keep the work going. Uh, this is an experiment, as it were. Uh, and hopefully a, an opportunity to lift a lot of writing up into the world. Thanks for listening to Day for Night. <laughs>